Hey guys, thank you for taking some time to join us this week on our podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Jessica. And this is Coenology, where we take time to talk about everyday life. If you follow us on social media, we've been posting about our next episode, and this one was supposed to be about marriage, but we're changing it up a little bit because we have our daughter Madison and her friend Mariah in town with us this week. They're home for summer from college, and we wanted to give them some time to be able to share on here about all that God is doing in their life. So the first thing I want to do is to be able to give them some time to share about their experiences this past year in college. So we're going to start with Madison. Tell us how your first semester at Lee University went. It was definitely like a roller coaster ride, for sure. Um, at the beginning, it was hard. It was the first time I was ever away from my family. Um, I, I think I cry myself to sleep like every night for a week. But thank then, you for not telling me that. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that. That's okay. And then it started to get a little bit better. I still had trouble finding my community. One thing that Lee like is on is finding your community. Um, and it was a little bit of a struggle at first, and then I was able to find my community within Campus Choir and my transfer group, um, which is something that I love that Lee does. Do like a transfer group or a gateway so that you like instantly have people to connect with, and so we're not really thrown to the wolves. Another thing that Lee does are the three C's, which is class, chapel, and Community. What's, it What's that third Community. Yeah. <laughs> Community. I literally just said that. Anyways, um, and chapel, which that one was like one of the most important for me because I feel like it was the most important. Every time yes. I turned around, y'all was at church. <laughs> yes, I said, do y'all even church. go to? Class? I said, do y'all do class or is church first? Apparently, church is first. Church, yes, we have church every Tuesday and Thursday from ten thirty. To 11.30. 11.30, yes. yes. Um, which was really important for me because one of the reasons that I feel like I got to go to, like, God called me to leave was so that I could be surrounded in an environment that uplift me in my walk with the Lord because I was not where I needed to be when I was here. And so that was very important for me. And, like, everyone, it was so easy to adapt to that because everyone else was adapting to it as well. And then... <laughs> And then class. Let's do class because I think that's the reason you're supposed to be there. Class was last. Class, <laughs> class was last, yes. Going to classes at Lee was like a completely different, unexpected. I'm so sorry. I touched the <laughs> If you hit that one more time on Not this bad. table. Um, going to class was a whole different kind of ball game. My first class was a science class. And we prayed before we did anything. I texted my parents so quickly and I said, what are we doing right now? And they literally, he was like, I think he changed my way of like thinking about science completely. He was like, we learned science. Is this the one that took up prayer requests or something? You Yes. Yes. yes he did. I remember you calling yeah. me talking about, we just took up prayer requests in science class. Yes. And he, the first thing he said was, we do this class to help us to learn how to love others better and grow closer to God through science. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was so, <laughs> so, like, taken back by that. I was like, I've never heard of that in my life. You know, like, uh -huh. usually science professors are not Christians, whatever. And so I think that's a really important yeah, part of it as well. Like, every single class, we pray in and we pray out. And if someone has a need, we just have prayer right there in the uh -huh. middle of class. So That's good. <laughs> yeah. So the third C was the community aspect, which is basically taking all of that and putting it together like one big old happy group. Help um, you find your tribe. Yeah, and community is very important. I mean, we've kind of been talking about that the last couple of weeks on the podcast with uh, finding your friend and finding your community and, and being able to be a good friend. Mm -hmm. So speaking of good friends... The next question is going to be the same question for Mariah. So I want you to tell us about your semester at Lee and what it's like for you. And also be able to just give us a little bit of insight. First of all, everyone may know from Madison of us talking about our child or, or our daughter, but introduce us to you and where you come from and your background and just kind of share with us uh, what it's like for you at college and how you and Madison met. So I'm Mariah. Um, I'm from Scottsboro, Alabama. I am 20 years old, and my Lee experience is kind of unique. Uh, my dad is an alumni there, and it was kind of on the back burner for me to go to Lee. It wasn't really something I wanted to do, 
and then I toured and I was like oh my goodness this is amazing the campus was beautiful but I just didn't feel the green light to go to Lee yet mm -hmm. and that was in 2021 and my dad and my mom and me we prayed for a year it took a whole year and in August of 22 we felt the green light and I applied to Lee and I got in and from there, it was just like a whirlwind. Like, my life just changed dramatically. And moving to Lee, that was my first experience. Like, my first experience away from home was going to Lee. I moved out of my house for the first time at 22. And that was a very crazy experience at 22 to be away from your parents. And you've never been away from them before. Pause time out. 22 away from your parents. <laughs> and your parents are in ministry, right? Yes, my parents are in ministry. My dad's an evangelist. Okay, so you a PK. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'm a we PK. know how those are. <laughs> a PK times two. So, yeah, yeah, I bet that was interesting to just kind of get out from the loving environment that you have at home, sort of like a small knit household to yeah. a larger environment of just freedom, right? Yeah, it was. And I met a lot of other PKs. <laughs> you would be surprised. No, we're not you're surprised. either a PK or you sing. And there is yes. no in between. There's no in between. Yeah. Or you're an athlete. It's yeah. like the randomest thing. Like you're either a PK, musician, singer, or you're an athlete. There you so. go. Okay. So uh, with that, would you say your overall experience has been great? Like, do you feel like uh, stepping out of your home has been a great experience for you in that moment where <laughs> you got the green light to go? And I see you laughing, so there must be something to this. Uh, it was not the experience I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Like, my first semester at first. was... At first. It wasn't. I was very lonely for the first two months. Kind of like what Maddie said. Just felt very alone and, like, that there wasn't... I hadn't met my people yet. Mm -hmm. And me and Maddie met on the first day. Mm -hmm. We met... She after was they, so bold. She said, is anybody sitting here? I said... <laughs> like the very first okay. this was while yes. we were in the um, yeah, while she was crying in there talking about the oh, okay i got you yes. so they while we were at orientation i got you yes okay. and i mom god told me to be bold in walking into lee so i was like okay the first thing i'm gonna do is be bold and so i saw maddie and i was like i'm not sitting in the front i ain't that bold yet <laughs> and i said are is anybody sitting there and she was like no nobody's sitting there and i just sat there and we went around the room and said where we were from and she said brunswick and i was like oh my gosh and and we just kind of clicked and i asked her afterwards and i asked her where she was from and the she, very first thing she said to me was, do you know Ryan Harris? Yeah, I did. <laughs> After that, I said, do you know Ryan Harris? And okay, so did. you said you're from Alabama, and now you just said the Brunswick thing. So tell us about how, what sparked you about Brunswick with Madison. Um, I guess just when she said that. Wait, yeah, but, but like, did like what connection? In, oh, yeah, our connection. So yeah. we, my parents are in ministry. Mm -hmm. They were minister of music. My mom like plays the piano, and she led the choir at Bay Harbor, um, which is in Brunswick. Yes, and we we moved here when I was one and a half years old, mm -hmm. um, and just an instant connection here with uh, Pastor Harris and mm -hmm. Sister Gwen and my aunt Carla and Shane and Jennifer and John and Ryan and Marcus. Like we mm -hmm. all just, I mean, we are like cousins, mm -hmm. um, and. I mean, from there, we just kind of clicked, and we've gone come back over the years, so to hear somebody, I've never met anybody else from Brunswick, like, you know, it's, it's not, it's it's place like we that. were sitting in the living yeah. room at her house in Alabama, and her mom goes, Mariah, we are talking to somebody, not from Alabama, who knows who we're talking about, from Brunswick, yes. <laughs> what in the world, <laughs> I was yeah. just like, yeah, it's kind of freaky, like, the way that everything's just connected, that's so, like a God shot, is that what you're talking about, yeah, yeah it would be like a God moment, almost like a confirmation that you're in the right spot, doing the right thing, um, going in the right direction, right, yeah. so would you say, um, from the time that you started to find your community, it started to get a little bit better. Like you started to see the light at the end of the tunnel, would you say? Yeah, I feel that way. I think for for us, like at the beginning of it, it was kind of like our transfer group. There's like five of us total. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I can't count right now. But 
I think there's like five or six of us. And like all together six. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So that when we like, say transfer group, let's just get this out there. This means transferring from another, another college yeah. into this college. Yeah. Gotcha. Like okay. it doesn't matter what grade you're in, like right. Which is good because you get a little bit of variety in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, <laughs> would you say that once you started to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you started to see why God led you to that particular university versus your other university, or maybe why you didn't get the green light the year before, because if you had gotten the green light the year before, maybe you wouldn't have been as bold to come up and ask Madison to say, Hey, is someone sitting there? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it was definitely a God thing that this time, this spring of 2023. It's kind of crazy because when we got in the car, I made a tryout with me or audition because I didn't want to do it by myself. And when we got was one of the first things we talked about was we both sing and Mm -hmm. we were actually our both sopranos. So that's when we did the same song for our audition. We didn't didn't know until after. And I was like, and we were back to back. So they probably thought that we planned it. And you had Jet. You had just changed your song. Yeah, I changed my song five minutes before I auditioned. That's a whole nother, nother I didn't ever do that. And Yeah, so I changed my song, too, because I was going to sing Give Me Jesus. So. Oh, that's a hard song. Yeah. I love the story of Madison's audition there. <laughs> Little old Madison from Brunswick who just is getting her her first experience at all things outside of Brunswick. I was shocked that she was even trying out at this point honestly uh, she it literally shows, was two days after we I moved know. in like we moved in on Sunday we auditioned on oh, Wednesday yeah. like did not even know the you, campus and in, I had never even seen this campus you moved before. in on Saturday because the next morning when I talked to you I was like what are you doing it's like getting ready for church I was like I held the phone I was like yeah me and my roommate went to church like very first church. Sunday I was yeah. like we got to we can't just stay in this room we didn't know anybody we were both transfers so yeah that's so good and like what I was honing in on with the the aspect of my audition your audition <laughs> it's one for the books it's for funny sure. because you show up and which is very like you unprepared and not really know what's going on but just gonna She's get it done anyways <laughs> to just show up and have your song that you just pulled out of your back pocket well actually i was prepared a little bit i was gonna do gratitude and then at the very last minute the lord was like no you need to do worthy of it i said what <laughs> no, I had not practiced. I had not like done. Not nothing. to mention, my favorite a... part is you didn't have a piano player. No, you, I'm didn't, sure. <laughs> you didn't have anybody. So, to play gratitude, for you. gratitude or not, you didn't. You were still not showing up prepared. Yeah, no, I did not have a piano player. I didn't know I was supposed to have that. Um, Nor did I you know what key you sang <laughs> in. <No. laughs> well, from Brunswick, well, put up Brunswick. We don't. Talk so about why that. did they ask you? Because this is so. I walk in. First of all, I had a sinus infection. Let's bring that into perspective. I could barely talk, much less sing. No, you did not have a sinus infection. You had a devil infection because they didn't want you to try out. Because yeah, after true. the fact, you sounded like you were not even sick. Yeah. So that was crazy. Well, I also like. <laughs> I cried in my audition. <laughs> 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 so I walk in, and this room full of people who I was terrified of. There's like 10 of them. And I stand there and they're like, what song are you going to do? Whatever, whatever. And he was like, okay, where's the piano player? I said, what? I'm a piano player. So actually, Uh, Dr. Gamble was like, well, what song are you doing? I was like, worthy of it all. He's like, oh, I got you. So the director of campus choir comes and sits down and plays for my audition. And I was like, what in the world is going on? I sang one verse half of a chorus and started crying and I was like y'all I'm sorry and Allison she's our chaplain she was like don't apologize like it doc was like can you tell us a little bit like why you're crying and I was just like um I just feel the Lord so strong right now I'm really sorry and he was kind of like why like want to know and I was like if you would have just saw where I was at at this time a year ago you would just understand like the Lord has brought me to and through so much and I'm just, I'm about to start crying right now. No, we're not, not doing that. Not. We're not doing that. Moving on. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, and then I went to my testimony and walked out. And I'm, like, anybody that knows, I used to have, like, the most amount of panic attacks. I was a very anxious person. And I walked out, and I called my mom. I said, I have so much peace right now. Like, I get in. It's the Lord's will. If I don't, it's the Lord's will. Like, I had no anxious thoughts about my audition, which is the first time anything like that has ever happened mm-hmm. where I had no 
anxiety about it. And so. I love the idea that both of you kind of hone in on the growing up part. So when you step outside of your home, it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> and you can have all the three C's you want. <laughs> You've got to figure out how to do it on your own. And what, what's really been, let's go with the fourth C, the challenge of stepping outside of the home. What are you doing over there, plundering? I'm getting my hanky because I didn't know you were going to cry. <laughs> so I'm the sorry. challenge of stepping outside of the home becomes real whenever you have little calls like Madison calls. So let me just stop right here oh, and Lord. say, when Madison lived in Brunswick, she didn't call us three times a week. When no. Madison moved out of Brunswick, she called us three times every 10 minutes. <laughs> And what was really funny was when she would call us in Brunswick, it was always for a need, a flat tire, usually because her driving yes. skills are less than par. And so yes, it is, it is true. true. That is very true. And so I thought to myself, as, as a matter of fact, I, I did think I felt the Lord whenever I heard during our orientation that the campus police yes. would help you. Yes. Whenever you no. had a flat tire or a dead battery, campus police would help no, you. No, what I really felt the Lord was whenever they said that, but then they said, they are to call them first. I said, oh, <laughs> yes. So every time she would come and say, my car or whatever, I'm like, did you call the campus security first? <laughs> so that that right there is, is funny to me because it's whenever you have to realize that you can't just call somebody to come and dig you out help you out, get you out of whatever situation you're in. And so you become a little bit more mindful of the situations you get yourself in. Yeah. And you become mindful that your closest relative is Jesus. five or six hours away. And you've got to make decisions that matter and decisions that uh, will ultimately end up in the the right choice for you so that you don't have to later turn around and dig yourself out of something greater. It's really easy to walk around almost with a careless attitude when you know you can call mom and daddy at any point to come and bail you out of any situation that you're in. But then when you're off by yourself, it kind of creates a sense of caution. It makes have, you feel... Do you agree with this? Or yeah. yeah. Or we just, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would say that you better agree with it. It's like, good stuff. It is, no yeah. texting yeah. and hitting the potholes yeah. there because... You're on your own. And so when you look at that and you think this is what growing up feels like, what does growing up feel like? Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to have a return, please. <laughs> yes. There is I no like... return policy with growing up. <laughs> no, my mom used to tell me, I brought you in this world and I can take you back. And I do remember the second week being at Lee, I picked up the phone and I said, Mama, I would like to take you up. <laughs> yes, she did do that. <laughs> Yeah, so it makes it a little bit different whenever you're you're out on your own and you're doing your own thing. So speaking of that, that's kind of like the first step into adulthood, right? So it's the first step of stepping outside of the home. This is another funny story that I'm going to share because it's just, it's funny to me. When, when Madison decided she was going to move out, I told her, when you move out, we're switching up some stuff here in the home and I'm going to let Maddox have your room. And I'm going to take Maddox's room for an office. So just know that when you move out, you're moving out. But I thought we was going to get into that subject a little bit further into this. But We're coming back to it. Okay. Because the reason why we did that was because her first move out experience wasn't at 22 when she went to or whatever. Mm -hmm. when she Her first move out experience wasn't Lee. Mm -hmm. It was because she thought she was going to be grown. Yeah, grown here. and grown. And so uh, one of the things was me trying to not trying to get her to not move out without physically telling her, no, you're not, because really and truly I couldn't not do that. It was, if you move out, you, you're going to lose your room because we really need an office. Um, and your brother is going to be going into your room. And I was thinking that she was going to really think about it and not do it. Oh, I'm thinking about it now. Okay, well, <laughs> and that was one as of the things. As we sit in the office. Yes, as we sit in the office. Yeah. So... With that being said, when she moved out, her tires barely got out of the driveway and we started moving furniture. Yep. But I knew that it was the right time for her to move out because she really needed that step of growing up. Now, should she have moved where she moved and did what she did? No. And 
But I am glad that she did move into the dorm. Like, that did help me as a parent because we were and are still, like, we're attached. It helped me because, I don't know, it would have been very hard for me for her to go to somewhere like Lee so far away. Right. So, with that step, there's some growing up that has to be done on both sides, right? And so, it's a transition for us at home, but it's also a transition for you guys. And... With that transition comes like the next step in life, where you're headed, what you're going to be doing, what you're thinking about doing. And so I'm going there because that's the step. That yes. is the question that you get asked when you're in college is, Every time. what, what are you going is your for? major? What do you want to do with your life? You want me to go first or you want to go first? I mean, I don't know. I have, uh, I'm undecided right now. God said, he said, you thought you knew what you were doing? Skirt, no. You you going somewhere else. And that's what where I'm at right now. I'm just praying and seeking the Lord about what my next step is. And just slam the door shut if nurse, like, because that was my degree or my major at, at one point was nursing. And mm-hmm. I applied to nursing school at some other schools besides Lee. And my prayer is, if that's not your will, God, just slam the door shut so that I don't walk in that direction and open the doors that need to be opened and guide me, you know, the way that I need to be guided. Because I don't want to make another step without being in the will of God. Okay. I'm going to come back to that nursing component (laughs) in just a minute. So, uh, Madison, what is your major (laughs) and your next step as of right now? Um, As of right now, my major is... Early childhood education. Um, however, my major was nursing. <laughs> so yeah, I want to. My step... major was nursing, and it was not for the right reasons. Yeah, I'm gonna step into that. And so one thing that Madison and I talked about before she ever left. Well, we be- talked to privately because I didn't want my mom around. Right. So before she ever left, before she ever even really started school seriously, we talked about it. And one thing that's really interesting to me as someone who works with a lot of different individuals in counseling, who uh, gets to know individuals in what they want to do, who has worked in the education system and has been a part of the university system for a while, I tend to see that most individuals from small towns gravitate towards a very limited perspective whenever it comes to their career. They're usually a nurse or something in the medical field, something in criminal justice, a police officer of some sort, or a teacher. And you have very few people that go on and do things like become an ambassador to the United States or (laughs) work in (laughs) a neuroscience lab somewhere conducting research or going and running a nonprofit in some third world country, right? You don't hear that very often in small towns. And so the only way to grow is to go and to get out of your comfort zone. And you will find very quickly how fast your major changes whenever you become exposed to better. Because when you know better, you do better. When you get to experience better, you don't want not better anymore in your life. And I don't mean that in the sense that any of those careers are not better than the other. I mean that what's better for you might not be what's better for someone else. When you see something that sparks your fire and ignites your compassion that was not available where you were, that becomes really exciting because then you're able to see a whole world that's open that you didn't even know existed. And I think that's a really cool part about getting outside of wherever you grow up and venturing into these larger areas and seeing what all's out there. Because we live in a world with 8 billion people. And a lot of times we're only limited to our small little town of where we live of five or six or seven or 10,000 people. And there's so much more out there than what we get to see in this little small town environment that we have. And that's really biblical. Whenever you look at it, God does not want us to stay limited in our capacity. If he did, then he would have called 12 disciples and told them to stay. But he didn't. He called them and told them to go. We are to go and to venture outside of the four walls of where we are. And that's really, really an exciting thing to be able to sit here with you guys and be able to get your perspective of what that actually looks like and feels like. Going from your small town to your large environment of college and being around a more global perspective. I think that's really awesome. 
Okay, so one thing that I really want to talk about, because you both have this sort of similarity with the two of you, your parents being in ministry of some way, sort, form, or fashion, being raised in church pretty much your whole lives, and what that felt like, even though you were going to a Christian university, which I feel like it was really important for you guys, I don't want to talk so much on the fact that you continued in church, I want to talk about the difference and what it felt like stepping out from underneath what you've always known to be comfortable church and establishing your relationship with God as individuals and not living your relationship out through the walk of your parents, which I believe is very important and is foundational for you two in your lives. And it was great that it has been built upon that you were raised by such godly parents and you've had examples, but I'm pretty sure that you guys have opinions on that. And I know that I've talked to many individuals who have been raised under the umbrella of uh, godly leadership. And there's just a, there's a sense of liberty that comes with finding your own relationship with God. So let's start with you, Mariah. What does that look like for you? How does that feel? And what, what has changed in your own life since you've stepped out and gotten that authentic experience with Christ for yourself? For me, it, it, I grew up in church my whole life. I was a PK, and with that, I didn't realize how much I relied on my parents' faith until I was removed from the household. Mm -hmm. Like Once God was like, okay, you're going to leave. And I was like, Okay, God, I see you. I hear you. Like it moving to Lee changed my life, and I, I've never had to lean on God like I leaned on Him at Lee. Like yeah. just I had to dive into my Word and just trust in Him because I had a lot going on my first semester at Lee. I mean, it kicked off with COVID and it ended with me falling down some stairs. Okay. I mean, <laughs> and and there the was truth. some in between. So during that time, I just really had to get into my word. And I told my mom when I moved back home, I was like, mom, I really didn't realize how much I was under you and your faith. And I relied on your discernment because God's given me discernment. Mm -hmm. that I always wanted to double check with my mom about right. and, you know, ask her opinion on it. And when I was removed from that and had to be on my own, I had to rely on my faith with the Lord and my discernment with God and trust that that was, you yeah. know, what he was saying to me. So you call it training wheels faith. Yeah. So like whenever you take the training wheels off, if you don't have the training wheels, You've got to go without the training wheels, and you may fall, you may stumble a little bit, but eventually you get the hang of it, right? Yeah. So with that being said, I want to jump back just real quick before we jump to Madison, and I want to just talk about, you said something that stands out to me that I teach on a lot, because it was a revelation for me. I've been raised in church as well, and I consider myself someone who loves learning, and who loves education, and who loves to learn all things new, right? Until I realized how much I did not know the Bible and how much I relied on the preacher's preaching and the Sunday school teacher teaching and never sought for myself what the word said and realized I really didn't know the word. So whenever you said dive into your word, was there a point at your during your walk at Lee where you said, oh wow, I didn't even know this was in this book? Yeah. <laughs> Me, I know, like, when I finally just, God just was like, broke me down. Me and Maddie had talked about it being a piece of, like, a pot. Mm -hmm. And God just smashed us down and, like, broke us into sand. This is kind of like, crazy. We both have the same vision. Vision. Of, yes. Like, we're, like, God pours into our lives. I was thinking of our lives as a vessel. Like, Lord, let me be a vessel. Mm -hmm. Well, we like within the same week and we don't always talk about it but 
but then the same week we had both had this vision of like the Lord taking what we thought was our vessel we were wrong and like what we thought was our vessel God broke it all the way down and like poured water back into it and created the vessel that he wanted yeah a new vessel and I started reading Psalms I just felt God lead me to Psalms and I did not realize how much I needed that Mm -hmm. in my walk at that time God just knew that's why he told me to read Psalms I just didn't realize how much God knew that I needed that and I mean I had this one night we were sitting in my (laughs) dorm and I opened up it was just my normal daily I read three Psalms a night and I would journal and talk about what I want from the word and what I want to gain from God's word and I'd write down my prayer request and you know and I I just opened my Bible and it was Psalms 120 and I had just really gone through a hard week um just relationally there was a lot of things that were going on and God uh, God spoke to me it was Psalms 120 and it talked about <laughs> he did he, he slapped right in the face because it was talking about peace and people not, I can't remember exactly, but it was something about peace and people around you not wanting peace, but they want war. Uh-huh. And how relevant that was in my life, the people that I surrounded myself with, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much they were against me. And not that they real realized it. It was just more of, those were not the people that I needed in my life at this like time. Yes, it was a spiritual thing. So I'm going to jump off of candor real quick and just kind of hone into something that you mentioned. Whenever we look in Jeremiah chapter 18, it's one of my very favorite stories. We see the potter and the clay. And it says, starting in verse 1, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He told him a commandment here. That he tells us in verse two, it says, go down to the potter's house, to the potter's shop. The very first word there is go. In order for you to get the revelation, in order for you to get the understanding, in order for you to see what's happening, you have to go. And he says to go down to the potter's house and I will speak to you there. Meaning until you get to the potter's house, I'm not going to talk to you. And a lot of times we want him to speak to us before we go. He speaks to us after we get there, right? And he said, so I did this as he told me, which means he did what? Obedience, right? If you walk in obedience, he keeps his end of the deal. And it says, I did this as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. And if we'll take a moment and just understand that this is visionary to God working at his wheel, right? It says, I saw the potter working at his wheel. But the jar that he was making did not turn out as, it, as he had hoped. That's us. Can you imagine being on his wheel and him looking at it and saying, this isn't exactly what I wanted? That's us. It says that the jar that he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it. And he made it into a lump of clay again and started. I did not know that was there. (laughs) It says that he started over, meaning that you're still clay. But notice that word there, crushed. You can go look it up in 52 different translations. And that word is going to be, it became marred in the hand of the potter meaning that he literally took it from what it was and he crushed it back down into its original form and he started again. Notice it never leaves the hand of the potter. It just changes shape. It just changes position. And what he had hoped is what changed it. It didn't matter what kind of cup you want it to be. It's what he wants you to be. And so you can work all day being a bowl, but if he wants you to be a cup, you're going to be a cup, right? And sometimes that's the part we get uncomfortable with is the crushing, the marring in the hand of the potter. But what we cannot, we cannot overlook is that it never left his hand the entire time. And it never not became clay 
You've never not been you, right? Even though you turned out in a in a position that he did not hope. And he's never not had you in his hand. He's never not had you in his hand. He crushes it down into a lump of clay again and started over. What we don't see here is how many times he had to do that. Because if you've ever worked in pottery or ever seen someone do pottery, sometimes it takes five or six or seven times whenever it's not just right. It gets the wheel going and he applies pressure and it starts to form and it's not just right. So he crushes it back down and starts again. That's us. It represents God marring us in his hand and starting us again, right? So when you mentioned that earlier, that spoke because I wanted to share that story with you guys to understand, and you as the listener, who is maybe feeling like you are in that situation where you're not really sure what happened in your life, you don't know how to explain it, you're not really sure what it what it actually meant, you felt it as a point that you were being crushed, just understand you never really left the potter's hand. And when you were at home in your mom's house, you were in the potter's hand. But when you were at Lee crying in your bed, you were still in the potter's hand. One was a bowl. The other one was marred. The other one was crushed in the hand, right? Because he's trying to make you again. Because at some point along the line, we missed it. We didn't walk in obedience, right? And so when we look at this, that's so good. So when you look at that situation, you you can't help but identify within yourself. Like, hey, that that's me. I never left his hand, but I've had to endure the marring, right? I've had to endure the crushing in his hand. And part of that is leaving the house, getting outside of the four walls, getting and being forced to find your community to go to class and nobody having to tell you to go to class and also to go to church and to have your authentic relationship with Christ when no one has to tell you to get up and go to church, right? To get up and to have that relationship. No one's going to tell you to read your Bible. No one's going to tell you to pray. And you're in front of a new crowd of people. You're no longer being in the in the church you were raised in as a PK. Everyone expects you to walk the life of holiness, right? As a PK, they have this standard for you. But when you get outside of that community in your hometown, they don't know I know you. If you if you don't walk as a PK, they don't know they don't know you're not a PK. And so, whenever you you get there, you have that choice. And that's a really important thing that I wanted to talk about was what did you choose, and why did you choose it? I will say that's one of the most like rewarding things that we've been able to like see at first I mean it was a little bit hard just because I was so like in tune to my mom's faith like because we're attached with the hip everybody knows it but I had never had to do it on my own like ever Mm -hmm. and so because of that I never really read the bible like I needed to the way that I needed to I read the bible but not like I knew I could and had Mm -hmm. the potential um, and so being at Lee was very eye-opening, to, okay, and God was just like, okay, just open your Bible and just start reading, and I will just reveal myself to you more and more and more, and he definitely has, like, from the beginning of us being at Lee to the end of us being at Lee, we say it all the time, and I'm like, Mariah, God just smacked us in the face, mm-hmm. so, like, sometimes I'll look at my room, and I'm like, he's sitting in the back seat, like, did you just hear that? <laughs> like, yeah. and so... I will definitely say, like, I think I can speak for both of us. Like, the Lord has just been so present, especially, like, the last two months. Like, that was a whole nother story. But, like, we were together, like, nonstop, 24-7 for, like, I don't know, a month. Mm-hmm. And it, it was almost, like, every day it was just something else. Like, the Lord said, here I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you thought you couldn't see me. You thought I wasn't here. But I literally am right here. Like, all you have to do is listen. And that's a whole nother thing because, like, I just didn't. Like, I was just like, oh, the Lord's here. But, no, like, he's here. <laughs> like, he, he just, yeah. I've never experienced that. So when you think about 
stepping out from your own comfort of your own home, the comfort of your local home church. There's some good stuff there. There's some foundational stuff that everybody needs. But when you step out and you're forced to grow up, one of the most important things that I feel happens is the growing up of your faith, right? You can learn how to balance a checkbook if you want to. You probably should. <laughs> you can learn how to pay your bills on time and pump your gas and, and go do the adult things and try to figure out how to make your money last and try to pass your classes and balance your homework and find friends and gossip about people and not gossip about people and get in little arguments and spit spats and, and get into these situations that happen when you find community. But one of the greatest things is when it's just you and God trying to figure out how to grow up. The oldest thing in the entire world, the thing in which gave time a job, teaching someone so young how to live on their own. That's powerful. And it involves you and him taking the time and becoming one together through his word, spending time together in his word, spending time together in prayer. So with that being said, I want to ask you as well, do you feel like because of the time that you've had in Christ, you've become more aware of who you are as an individual and taking a stand for who you are, who, Mar who Mariah is and who Madison is, and not who your community defines you as or who your home life defines you as or who your local friends defined you as, but you've actually gotten a sense of whole worth within yourself and more confident to step out and do the things that you feel like God has called you to do. That boldness, if you will. Mm -hmm. What did your life look like sort of previous? And then now, what are some big differences that you can see within yourself that you can say, hey, I know that this is God because if there had not been that intervention, I would not be this person that I am right now. For me, I was in a relationship that at the time I thought was was good and was God before I came to Lee and coming to Lee, it put it in a different perspective for me because I got pulled out of that situation and and that was my life. Like I mean I So when I was, you say relationship, you mean friendship or a boo thing? <laughs> I got you. Okay, we would you go. <laughs> I was in not the great. It it was a good. It was good. Mm -hmm. But then God pulled me out for a reason. Honey, when you know better, you do better. Yeah, and He pulled me out for a reason, and I didn't see it at the time. <laughs> I didn't see it at the time when I moved, and and I had to rely again going back to like I had to start my faith journey on my own and stop been under the umbrella of my parents right. spiritually and I had to do things for myself and on my own and that shut God just spoke to me and I mean he it was time and time and time again just proving that you know that I was just not in the the right place you know with that and you know it was why I speak about that is because it was going towards marriage and it was going towards that end goal and you know God just put a halt to it and that halt changed my life forever. Mm -hmm. And that was my breaking point where I was like, God, I'm here. Whatever you have for me, I'm here. I'm your vessel. Use me in whatever way you want to use me. And that's when he just started speaking to me over and over and over again. And my mom's prayer, which I am I was a little salty because I was like, Mom, God really heard you on this prayer. <laughs> she said, my prayer was speak to her in the night. For a whole week, yes, dream one, dream two, dream three, crazy. dream four. I, I have a whole Word document because my mom told me to write the dreams down. Mm -hmm. And God just kept speaking to me in dreams because that's kind of how he speaks to me yeah. is in dreams. And I mean, he really, he heard her, and he, <laughs> he was taking that in reality, and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, God, you know, I hear you, I hear you, and I'm here for you. Yeah, so, so whenever you, when you say that, I laugh, because what's what's really something we need to understand as individuals, and we, we don't need to lose sight of, is the authentic relationship that we built is built on authentic relationships. Mm -hmm. So where y'all are is standing on top of prayers of those that have an authentic relationship, right? 
So you going to leave, both of you, you step out on your own, but you're walking on prayers of us that are at home praying for you guys and have been praying for you guys our whole entire lives, right? That's authentic relationship. Whenever you are able to step out and start building your own, you're standing on what we've built, right? And that's good. You can't always stand where we're standing. You're supposed to start walking with him. And you're supposed to start getting out on your own and making your own decisions and discovering him. But those moments are answered prayers for us, which we love to hear about. I love whenever you guys call and share your moments and your experiences and your testimonies because <laughs> they speak to you guys, but they really speak to us because they are moments of prayer that we have prayed that are answered, right? I know your mom and your dad love to hear about when you tell them, God just smacked me in the head at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, and she loves to hear that because that's something that I'm sure she has fervently prayed. Right? That relationship that she's talking about is what created our three, Mariah, Madison, and mine, our little group chat called Speak to Us, Lord. Mm -hmm. Because they would call me on, on, be on FaceTime, one of those three times every 10 minutes, <laughs> needing some prayer. I said, listen. Y'all seek God first and then call me and tell me what he said. Don't call me for no prayers about my boyfriend or my relationship or my art. Did you spend time with God today? That's what I would ask them. Have you talked to God today? Have yeah. you journaled about God today? Have you done a devotion? Okay, bye. Today? And then would hang up the phone. If not, they call me back when you do. <laughs> bye. <laughs> so that's so good because that's something that we miss a lot of when we're young in the faith. Like you guys, it's really, really, I say this sometimes in teaching the word. It's hard to talk to someone that doesn't talk back immediately mm -hmm. because we're an immediate society. When you don't text us back or you don't call us back, God don't have a phone. He don't have a Verizon plan. He don't got an AT&T plan. <laughs> And he's not interested in texting, okay? So whenever we send him a message and he doesn't get back with us <laughs> in the quickness, it causes us to resort to someone that will, yeah. right? Okay, I know she'll answer, so let me call her. Well, she ain't God, so mm -hmm. hang up, right? And that's what he's wanting is for us to get in that process of being okay with the prayer not being answered right away and still continuing to talk to him. And what you'll find is as you start to talk to him more and more about the things later on, he'll start answering the things you started with. And before you know it, one prayer after another is being answered. And then boom, you have your authentic relationship with Christ. Minus religion. That's one thing that I feel like in this new generation of believers that I'm seeing more and more and more of is getting rid of the religious spirit of having a relationship with God. You can have a relationship with God right there in your house, right there in your car. Every time I've heard you guys talk, it's been God slaps me in the head right there in the middle of the night or right there as I'm getting out of the shower, trying to trying to get dressed and go to class. God's trying to talk to me or right there whenever I, you're, you're not talking about church, no. right? And that's something that's really powerful for me because when you have an authentic relationship with God, you will talk to him at church two times a week, mm -hmm. but you will talk to him more outside of church. When you have a religious relationship, you limit him to being in a building or to being whenever you are good enough mm -hmm. or to being when you're dressed right or to being when you don't mess up, he will speak. That's not the kind of God that when he is. When the scene is just right. Right. He's not that way. He works all the time. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be cute enough. You'll never be all those things that you're trying to be. You'll never be those things until you start putting him at the center of everything that you do, then all of a sudden you'll be more than enough. And then you'll realize that just you are enough. You yeah. don't need all the... And I love things. that I see that so much with, with y'all's generation and the, the hunger that comes with this fresh perspective of what it means to have a relationship with him authentically.
I want to end by just saying that it, it's been really great having you guys on this week and just listening to all that God is doing in your life and all that you guys have been able to experience over the past you know, semester at Lee University. Um, if you could leave the listener with some sort of advice or motivation or just a thought, each one of you, giving them just a little bit of your heart so that they can use it for encouragement. Because what we believe here on the podcast is that our hope and prayer is that our journey and what we've gone through as as individuals can go and be a part of someone else's journey and help motivate and encourage them along the way. I would say just continue to push through and when you get that green light, just go. You know, listen to the Lord and what he has to say to you and he's always listening. He's always there for you. Um, I would say do it afraid. Don't be afraid of the outcome or the process that you have to get there because everything has a process which is something we're learning on the daily um but do it afraid don't be scared don't let your anxious thoughts get in the way because when you do it afraid the lord really shows up and moves in ways we would have never thought thank you guys so much for listening today we hope that this episode speaks to you in some way and while you guys already have your phones out go ahead and follow Conology on facebook visit the Conology website at conology.podbean.com. But most importantly, share with a friend. You know they want to hear it too. We hope and pray that you have a blessed week. Bye, Bye guys. guys.